0: Hey, Jared. It's Kristen calling from Boston. And, uh, just finished listening to the first installment of your, um, Larry Vickers, um, episode, uh, series thingy. I think it's a great idea. And I'm really looking forward to the season. Um, it's going to kick ass. Well, last season did as well. Anyway, y'all take care and Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all that. Take it easy, man. Alright, thanks again, guys. Hopefully I've got this microphone situation under control, and it will not sound as it did last week. I apologize. I tried to go back and fix it. But I know I missed some. Well, anyway... How's it going? Appreciate you listening. Do the same thing like you done last week. Tell a friend to subscribe, rate, review. Anyway, so we're trying to do a little bit of promotion for the podcast. We're trying to drum up support. So if you can support us in any way, go to paypal.me backslash the weekly podcast. That's paypal.me backslash. D-U-H-W-E-E-K-L-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T So, rate us, review us wherever you get your podcast, wherever you listen to your music find us, subscribe, tell one friend we're, we're actually doing better numbers than we have ever so, you know, and it's it's still not large numbers but it's, it's good for us and we're thankful for anything we get we appreciate it uh, from the bottom of our heart so, you know, we're just sitting here you hear dogs, I've got them. I apologize, but I let them in. Uh, they go anywhere I go. So, But you know, how's it going? Is it going good this week? I hope it is. I know that it's trying times for everybody, no matter where you may live. Uh, it's definitely different, you know. But I try to stay away from the, the negative politics and the negative uh, things in the news, try to stay neutral and try to stay positive. We positively like to talk about people that kill other people. So, what do you think about that? But I'm going to touch on one of, I don't want to use the word favorite, but I want to talk about Dennis Rader, which is better known as BTK, because he binds them, he tortures them, and then he kills them. He was known as the BTK killer or the BTK strangler. My thing with Dennis Rader, is Dennis Rader could have went and, uh, Finished up his reign of terror in his living room, in a recliner, but he decided to do other things, and get caught. But uh, we'll talk about that in the in the episode. But um, you know, often we look at serial killers and we think, I mean, were these guys were geniuses or they were you know super just super in certain areas. You know, whether it be intellect or you know the in any sociopath. Has the ability to lie and manipulate, but Raider was lucky, I think, and I think it just goes back to, you know, some of his crimes. They weren't even, you know, they they, the, the law enforcement didn't realize that they were the work of a serial killer, and I think he just got lucky, you know. And we'll go through his victims, but I mean, is it luck? Is it sheer planning? Is it? intellect that keeps some of these guys on the street for as long as they're they're on the street or some of them that have never been caught. You know, you take Golden State Killer for instance, he just now was caught only because back in the day he didn't think it was a big deal to leave his sperm and semen everywhere. So science caught up to him. I think the fact that he decided to leave that everywhere was stupid on his part. So was he He was athletic. And he was meticulous, gold State. I think what what caused him to be able to get away was the fact that he was he done a little bit of you know done surveillance on who he was looking at and knew how he was gonna get the hell out of there when it come time to get the hell out of there. We're gonna talk about Dennis Rader this week, BTK. Kansas, uh Sedwick County. Um he was born March ninth, nineteen forty five. I told you his alias nicknames, the BTK killer. The BTK Strangler and his characteristics were what we call fetish, fetishes or fetishist and a sadist. Um, His number of victims are ten, and the date of his murders are from 1974 into 1991. Now we're going to look. We'll talk about a little bit of background, and and just we're just going to touch on this. You know, just we're going to hit the high points on this. Okay, so that way it'll give you a good understanding. Of the BTK killer, if someone comes to you and they're like, "Have you ever heard of the BTK killer?" You can, by God, tell them that you know a little bit about it. Now you may not be able to host a panel, and and uh, be the uh, the the word on the street of all things BTK, but by God, you could hold your own in a conversation. Um, it's said that Dennis Rader had had displayed disturbing behaviors. I mean, even when he was younger. Uh, of course, nobody seemed to take him too seriously. We you know he was known to torture small animals, which we know that's part of the triangle of the known serial killer of, let's see, torture of small animals, bedwetting, and... Damn. Forgot. But we know that that is one of the indicators and potential to become a killer, which he did become. And most of them that, that will uh if you I'm telling you right now, if you will abuse and injure and hurt a small animal, you're a fucking piece of shit. excuse my language so um and somewhere along the lines writer Dennis Rader had developed the you know the sexual fetish involving women's underwear, and you know he would love to wear them himself, and studies have shown that heterosexual males are more likely to wear women's underwear. Um, you know, in 1966 to 1970, Dennis Rader served in the United States Air Force. He left the service, um, he had then went into working in the meat department of a supermarket. In 1971, he married Pamela Dietz, uh, they went on to have two children. Now, Rader did have a, a, a he did further his education. He attended a community college, he got an associate's degree in electronics, graduated in 1973, He then went to Wichita State University and actually attained a bachelor's degree in administration of justice in 1979. So, what we notice here is the murders, and it corresponds with some of his background here. We know that his first victims were the Artero family, a family of four. It's believed that he didn't mean to catch everybody there, but this is one of the instances where he got lucky because he walks in on a home where there's a man, children, and a wife. There's four people that one man's got to contain, so he's lucky that he was able to pull that off. But we know on January fifteenth, nineteen 1974, Dennis broke into the home of the Atero family, and he ends up massacring them all. The father, uh, Joseph, and his wife, Julie, were strangled to death. Then their daughter, Josephine, was found bound and hanging in the basement, and son Joseph was asphyxiated with a bag over his head. The car was stolen and it was later found in a parking lot outside of a store. So we look at January 15, 1974. We see that in 1973, he's just graduated with his associate's degree in electronics. Um, so from 73, and he doesn't obtain his bachelor's degree until 79. So basically, Between the associate's degree and the bachelor's degree, he starts his murder spree. So, that was his first four victims in 1974. Now, Catherine Bright was attacked by Dennis Rader on April 4th, 1974, in her home. She was stabbed to death, and her brother was shot, but he survived his injuries. We've got the next victim of Shirley Vian Relford. Who was found bound and strangled in her home on March seventeenth, nineteen seventy-seven? So we've got a little gap here. We've got Dennis Rader on January fifteenth, nineteen seventy-four, killing Joseph Otero thirty-eight, Julia Otero thirty-three, Joseph Otero the second nine, Josephine Otero eleven, and then April the fourth of nineteen seventy-four, he kills Catherine Bright, age twenty-one. Shoots her brother, but he does not die. So, now we go from 1974 until March 17th, 1977. And he he then proceeds to kill Shirley Vianne Relford. She was bound and strangled March 17th, 1977. Then Raider went next, and he killed Nancy Fox, December the 8th, 1977. He had entered her home and strangled her to death. This time, he placed a call to emergency services to report the murder, and his voice is recorded for the first time. So we've seen that he's escalated here. In 74, he kills five people. In 1977, he kills two. So there's a three-year gap between his first victim's Year-wise, and his his latest victims, so he is into the sadist and torturing these young women. So he he talks them into basically, let me do this to you, let me do this, and I'll let you live. So at some point, once he gains control and he's got them tied up, and he starts to torture them, pretending that hey, if you just let me live out this sexual fantasy, you let me do this, you know, I'm going to let you go, not knowing that the the sheer Thrill of all of this is the look on their face when they know death is upon them, and I believe, if in my opinion, this last victim, that uh, in December uh, Nancy Fox, I don't believe he's getting the notoriety that he's desiring. You know, maybe at this point they've not even placed the Otero murders with the Catherine Bright murders of '74. Uh, and then he, maybe even the Shirley Van Relford murder earlier in '77. Maybe they've not put together that you know one of these are raiders. They've got two of these as Dennis raiders, but not all. And he's not feeling as well. He's not feeling as by God welcome by the city. And he wants to feel more. He wants to feel power. He wants to because this whole thing is terror. And what better form of of terror and torture? than to put the the whole city under a blanket of Dennis Raider's terror. And that's what happens. The whole city is under a damn just they're all it's mania. They're they're all everywhere you went. There were people having ADT services put in, security services, buying guns, all of this stuff. So we've got a gap in between the first set of murders from 74 to 77 and we've got a gap from 77 to 85 because it's on April 27, 1985 that Marine Hedge disappeared from her home. Now, what's different with Maureen is that she lived in the same block as Rader, Dennis Rader. Her body was found on May 5th um, and this one is the one that's real close to Dennis, Dennis Rader's home. Is this something where he got to where he couldn't He's seen her every day. He's trying to fight this urge because he's, you know, maybe now had kids. He's got other things he's got to do. He cannot just go out and be killing. He doesn't want to get caught, but he cannot control this urge because, in 1985, he kills his neighbor, basically Marine Hedge. Now, Vicky Wegerly, sorry. Now Marine Hedge was 53. She was undoubtedly the oldest of of most of his victims, except for the very last one. But at this time, we've got victims of 33, 38, 9, 11, 21, 24, 25, and Marine Hedge was 53. So, that was April 27, 1985. So September the 16th, 1986, we've got victim Vicky Wegerly. Now, she was strangled in her home on September the 6th, 1985. Her car was stolen and later located two blocks away, Finally. Finally. The last known victim of Dennis Rader was Dolores Davis. She was abducted from her home January nineteenth, nineteen ninety one, and found February first, nineteen ninety one. So what do we have? We have gaps here. What? Are, excuse me. Sorry my microphone fell. We need to take a break anyway. So, basically what we've covered so far is Dennis Rader's early life. We know that he's tortured small animals. We know that he is a fetish for women's underwear and for sadism. He wants to inflict pain on women. He wants to inflict pain on people. Uh, he's went in on, on January 15, 1974. His first victims are the Atero family. We know that April of that year, 74, he kills Catherine Bright. We know that there's a three-year gap in his killings that March 17, 1977, he kills Shirley Redford. That same year in December, he kills Nancy Fox. We know that we've got an eight-year gap from 1977 to 1985 when he kills Maureen Hedge, 53, which was his neighbor. We know that one year goes by, r- roughly, or a little over a year, and he kills Vicky Wegerly, 28, 19, 1986. And then we know finally December 19th, which is my lovely mother's birthday, 1991, he kills Dolores E. Davis, age 62, the oldest and final victim of Dennis Rader. Now, all through this time, police had no fucking idea who was killing these people, why they were killing them, and just had everybody, just the the whole city was terrorized. But police wouldn't get any closer to solving the case. Raider wasn't getting the attention that he needed, especially to keep his his fetishes up, because he would relive and revisit these these women by putting on their. He'd take trophies and he'd put their underwear on, and he would bind himself. He'd take pictures, anything to control this urge to go out and kill. Because he had a family now, he couldn't run the risk. But he needed that. He needed that recognition. He needed. He needed to be in that spotlight. He needed these things. He couldn't control them. He had to do it. So basically. From 1991, by 2004, Raider just can't take it anymore. He starts sending letters to the media. And this is what I meant by if Dennis Raider would have just sit down and shut the fuck up, he probably would be sitting in his recliner right now. But he couldn't. He couldn't. That's, that's my question I pose to you. Are these serial killers, especially Dennis Raider, are they cunning? Are they smart? Are they superior to us in knowledge? Or are they just lucky? I think Dennis Rader was just lucky. And then his stupidity caught up to him. Because some of the letters, Dennis had sent crime scene photographs or even copies of the driver's license just to prove uh, that BTK, by God, was back. Because he loved it when BTK was was thriving. Because Dennis was just a mild-mannered, Cub Scout, church-going, plain Jane... uh, Wackadoodle, that couldn't get the superior, by God, I'm BTK. He wanted everybody to know it so bad he couldn't stand it. But yet he didn't want to spend the rest of his life in prison. But his notoriety took over. He had to have it. So the return addresses were Bill Thomas Kilman, BTK. Uh, of course, that's the first initials of BTK. More letters were were sent in to the media. Uh, with graphic details about the murders, even a, a chapter list for a proposed book, the BTK story. Uh, some of the items were sent to the media, and, of course, the police were... And, and some sent to the police that were just crazy. Uh, there was a doll that was was bound at the wrist and feet and had a bag over its head, so you take these Barbie dolls and recreate these crime scenes. Uh, one of the letters, Raider had uh, asked the police if they could trace him, if he had put the letters on a floppy disk. And this this communication was done in the uh, classified ads. And I guess Rader was so involved in the the hunt and the cat and mouse of it all that he assumed that the police was enjoying the cat and mouse just as much as him and didn't want it to end per se or wouldn't be would wouldn't be dishonest, would be up and up because they wanted, in his mind, he thought that the police would be want, wanting to be able to catch him fair and square not by any lies or deceit. So that's how stupid he is. So basically the police go back into the paper and they're like, no, Dennis, not at all. F- Top it up on a floppy, big guy. Send it on down. Well, that's what he does. A fucking idiot. Uh, and he fell for it. Of course, as soon as they got the damn <laughs> floppy disk, they found the metadata that's embedded in the, any document that's on a disk, uh, which he had deleted, but it don't make a damn. It contained the words Christ Lutheran Church. And the modifier of the document was Dennis. So what do they do? They go and look up this church and look for members of the church. And what do you know? One of the leading members was a gentleman called Dennis Rader. Well, what do they do? Well, by now they've got DNA. Um, Back then DNA wasn't in the 70s and 80s when Dennis was doing his crimes. I'm not saying he done what Gold State did, but they were able to collect DNA. They had items that they could test for DNA. So they've got a profile. So what do they do? Without a suspect, that profile means nothing unless Dennis Rader is in the system. So if Dennis Rader stays off the radar, no pun intended, they'll never be able to match up his DNA. But now that they've got this floppy disk, and now that they've got the name Dennis Rader, well, he's fucked because the DNA's going to match, and they're not going to leave him alone until they test the DNA. So what do they do first? They follow Dennis. They see he has a daughter. They see that the daughter has had surgeries or had things done at certain hospitals, and they test the DNA against that. And it shows that, well, this young lady's father is the BTK. So what do they do then? Well, they get a arrest warrant, and they get a warrant for his DNA. Because on February twenty fifth, 2005, they arrest him. And the officer just happens to, to ask him if he knew why he was being arrested. And Raiders replied, well, I've got a suspicion why. He couldn't wait. He couldn't wait. He didn't want to go to prison. He didn't want to lose his family. But that was not, that's, that's not what really pushed him right here. Because he knew, he knew that he is caught. He knew he was done. He knew he wanted so bad to tell him he was BTK. You know, at this time, a, a bunch of different agencies had joined in the search of his home, vehicle, and church, library, and where some of the letters have been from. And uh, basically, by February the 28th, three days later, 2005, Raider was charged with 10 counts of first-degree murder. And soon after that, the press ran an article claiming he had confessed to other murders. But Dennis was trying to pump it up just a little too much. This was false information. His first court appearance was on video March 1st. His bail was set at $10 million and he was appointed a public defender. He entered a not-guilty plea on all counts May 3rd. 2005. He then changed his plea to June 27th, to guilty on all ten counts of murder. And he went on to graphically, with a smile on his face and glee and love in his heart, describe the murders and showed absolutely no remorse. He was, this is what, this is the day that Dennis Rader had longed for, by God. He was no longer Big Puss Dennis Rader. He was, by God, the BTK. And that's what that power and that authority and that fear is what drove Dennis Rader. He just told him straight up what he had done. As like he was going to get a piece of fruit off a damn plate. Or he was going to put a letter in the mail. He was sentenced in August of two thousand five. He was he was sent wouldn't it have been some shit though if he'd had that ten million dollars. Yeah, I'm gonna go out on bail. Have BTK out on bail. Oh shit. Well, he was sentenced to 10 consecutive life sentences, and he he's going to be eligible for parole in 2180, so I think he'll I don't know, be a couple hundred years old. But BTK, Dennis Rader. Think about if Dennis Rader could control his urge. And he just left that note alone. He just left that letter alone. He just didn't send it on a floppy disk. He could still be out there, but I think Dennis Rader... Is who, who is in the Supermax in Colorado, couldn't contain himself. He had done better than most on keeping under the radar, and I'm not saying that he was super smart. I think he was super lucky. But as far as controlling his urges with you know dressing up, taking pictures on his own, he, he was able to control it for years. Uh, you know, like talking about the gaps here in his, his murder when he was fully active in the murder murder game. But from ninety one to two thousand four, you know, he was able to keep it to uh something he could control on his own with just revisiting some of his pre- previous crimes. But by oh four he couldn't do it anymore. He had to bring BTK back in some form or fashion. And he was probably too old at that point to even overpower anybody. So what better way to do it than to drudge up some letters, get the because to him having that community And turmoil and fear was just as good for Dennis Rader as actually having someone in his hands, I believe, because Dennis Rader was truly, truly, truly an evil person, and now he's in prison where he belongs. This is Story of BTK, Story of Dennis Rader. This is The Weekly Podcast.